Hi, I'm Eli. I am a higher education professional, struggling creative person, proud marching band alumnus, and general sports nerd. Hi, I'm Nick. I'm a music educator, a drum corps nerd, and a band alumni as well. We've been best friends for 10 years, and we've been doing marching band all of our lives. And during that time, we've heard a lot of college fight songs. A lot of them. Some of them are good. Some of them are bad. Some of them are exceptionally average. Some we really love. Some of them we really, really hate. And we're on a journey to listen to them all. And hopefully, make fun of them. We think we're funny. So, join us as we go on a journey to discover if we hate your fight song. Well, we'll find out. We'll find out. Anywho. All right. So uh, welcome I, back. Yeah. Kind of what the kind of what our episodes are. Right? Yeah, they're just they're just until we get some more structure, they're gonna be sweaty messes. I feel like the sweaty mess makes us unique. I Any podcast can brag about that. No, yeah. just being hot, weird, sweaty messes. Um, because because I refuse to edit. Um, I feel like that makes it good. Yeah. So. As I'm just thinking about, like, yeah, no, that's that's good. That's great. That's great. That's great. Um, great. It's fantastic. It is fantastic. Okay. So I think that this time we wanted to talk about, you know, just because we're getting started and everything, kind of for us, what makes, like, a good fight song? So one of the things I wanted to talk about... Which, which I might add, before hmm. we get into this discussion... Our opinions are our opinions. It might be different for you guys out there listening, and that is okay. What we say is not, like, law or anything. Yes, what we say about fight songs is not legally binding. We also reserve the rights to change our minds as we're exposed to more fight songs that may or may not be terrible. Yes, and I think that's just an important thing to know. Just because we say we don't like an element or like an element now, or in the next few episodes or even years from now, doesn't mean that'll hang true for ever. Also, it's a college fight song. I mean, it's not that big. Either. Not that big. Um, but I also, but I also know people are protective of their colleges and their alma maters. I know I definitely am, except for the one of them, which I'm not protective of. But the other one, I am. So I definitely get it. Um, but one of the things I want to mention before kind of we got into like you know what makes a good fight song. It's just kind of a reminder about how marches are set up. So most most college fight songs descend kind of from the American march tradition, right? I mean, we could talk about British marches, but then I'm going to fall asleep. Um, because as much as I love Holst, so side note, I'm also actually a music nerd. Um, both of us for, are, yeah. For, for not becoming a music teacher, you are a pretty big music nerd. But you, you don't like my... my um, my collection of Holst and Gershwin, and... I still think you just chose the wrong path. I, I got a little nervous for several reasons about that, I and mean, we can we might talk about it in a future episode about why I did not become a band director. Um, aside from the can't math, um, which is not helpful. But, I mean, like, one of the things, though, that I think that is important to remember is that most America... Uh, most of fight songs descend kind of from the American march tradition. So just for those of us who maybe need brushing up on our kind of our musical forms and a little bit of theory, I'm not going to talk too much about, you know, keys and such like that, because that's where I kind of lose it. But remember, we're talking about maybe like 120 beats a minute, like, you know, just kind of simple. It's 
something you can walk to. Exactly. It's meant to march. Those army people. Exactly. It's meant to march Military to. Forces, and and one of the things too is if you are an American, you have definitely heard them. You definitely know the Stars and Stripes forever. You can't go any year without hearing it. But you also have definitely heard other ones too. I mean, the what big one that I always say is the march that I think everybody knows, but have not, but can't put a finger on it is uh, the Washington Mo- Post March. I think that that's yes, probably the. That's a very common. Anything by Sousa is common. Yeah, and Sousa's kind of the king of it. I mean, there are other March kings, essentially. Like, I think Carl King is kind of the other... I think he's... I would argue, I think he's probably the most prolific writer of Marches. I think that Sousa... probably Sousa King... And Fillmore. Henry Fillmore. Yeah, those would be your top three of American Marches, at least. Yeah, and the... I think European Marches are more symphonic and melodic. They... And it's not that American marches aren't beautiful, right? Like, there are some very cool ones out there. Nobles of the Mystic Shrine, Rolling Thunder. Um, That's what your trios are for. Yeah, I was going to say, oh, we'll talk about trios in a second. Um, and Pathfinder Panama is my personal favorite from Sousa. Um, I do have a soft spot in my heart for Rolling Thunder. Um, but, I mean, I think as far as it comes to that, I mean, most most of the fight songs that you that you see are going to be kind of derived from that tradition. Most most college marching bands come from a military band uh, tradition in history. Um, it's some some of them are very obvious, such as Texas A and M. Others are a little bit more distant from it. Ohio State is one that is definitely has a strong kind of military tradition, and it kind of came from there. That's why you know you have the drum major, right? Like there's there's those. It, it all ties yeah. back to marches. It all starts back to marches. So as far as it comes to march setup and kind of march form, first off, you have your first strain. Your first strain is going to be kind of, you know, where you have your kind of your first melody. You're usually going to go twice through. Second strain comes right afterwards. It's usually a slight difference as far as it comes to, you know, melody. You usually go through twice. Sometimes you go through once. Those are the surprising ones. Usually, usually Fillmore will do that to you. Um... I'm thinking about American Sweet. He's, he's gonna mess with you. Fillmore will mess with you. Fillmore likes to break break rules on you about marches, and then you get into your trio. So the trio is usually is is usually repeated twice. It I've noticed is usually paired with the break strain. Like yeah, it goes. Yeah, it, yeah the, because it's usually trio once, then break strain. Then trio twice, then break strain again. Like it's it it feels a little disingenuous to say that they're paired inherently because usually they're written separately. And also the big thing to know about the trio is usually there's an obligato line in the second trio. Um, there's usually an extra part that's been added on. I think that most people are most familiar with this with the piccolo solo from Stars and Stripes Forever. Um, an iconic solo. Yes, and and that there. is. Oh, remind me later. Mm. Write this down. Uh, I need to show you, there was a middle school band who did Stars and Stripes Forever a few years ago, and when they got to that trio section that second time, like, the whole front row stood up and they all had piccolos. Oh, that's way too many piccolos. Oh, that's way too many piccolos! uh, If you want to look it up, uh, keep talking. I will come back to that in a second. Don't worry, we'll also post a link for you guys as well, too. Yes, we'll do that. Yeah. Anyway, continue. Uh, so then, so then, after the second trio, you get into another break strain. You do the final strain. Usually, the final strain is a statement of the trio. Um, usually, it's, it's never really a new theme. It's pretty much always the trio with that extra obligato line, and usually, it's really loud. It is yes. usually two Fs, sometimes three. There is never. Also, one of the things to remember about marches: there is not P, 
P's, the only time you'll see a pianissimo is in the trio section. And it's usually only the first time, I swear to God. I mean, you don't really need a P in a march. P is not what a march needs to be. No. Um, I think a fight... So fight songs do follow this pattern. I think that a very good fight song that's a good example of that, especially that has almost a true march form, is The Victors from University of Michigan. Um, the Victors is, I think, probably the one that's the most set up like a traditional march, um, even though it, it, it breaks some rules, right? Because it's very much more sung through. But I think that if you want to hear a fight song that sounds a lot more like kind of like what a march sounds like, I think that that's a, that's a really good example. Now, I think that for the most part, fight songs kind of come into like three, three basic forms as far as it comes to how they're set up with those with those pieces so first off let's let's talk about kind of our component parts of a of a fight song right so first off we've got what i'm affectionately going to call the rah-rah right it's your it's your chanting it's your kind of it's kind of your hype section right there mm -hmm. and usually you'll have a rah-rah before sometimes you'll have a rah-rah during the middle and basically the rah-rah is just kind of your chanting um and i was gonna as i say I was going to do my own rah-rah, but that was really going to put a pin on where I was, and I didn't learn a new one. Um, maybe don't worry about that for right now. What, the rah-rah? Yeah, we, well, like you creating one. Oh, the yeah. The rah-rah is very important. But yeah, the rah-rah is very important. But, you know, that's usually where you're spelling out things. Like I-L-L-I-N-O-I-S. Illinois. 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 But Illinois. <sighs> But that's where you're gonna, and that's where you'll like. That's where you'll do like a lot, of like go, bananas, Jeez. yeah, go, fight, wait. That's where that. That's your rah rah. Yes. Um, then basically you, where you get to yell. Yes, the part where you get to yell, and um, usually there's a lot of spelling. Yes. For example, from Minnesota's M I N N. Well, I'll just put in a clip here of yeah. <laughs> You get the idea. You get the idea. So uh, then usually there's a verse. Well, sometimes there's a verse. The verse is actually, I would argue, is the most, the one I see the least, honestly, where there's kind of a lead up into the fight song itself. Um, when I think of a verse, I I'll talk about in a moment when, when a fight song is set up in a verse chorus um, a format, but usually kind of like a little thing to set up the chorus. And the chorus is usually in a fight song. It's going to be just kind of the main body of your fight song. Um, the part everyone knows. The part everyone knows, and the part that usually the band plays through. Now, a lot of fight songs also have a song chorus, where usually most instruments drop out, usually it's percussion that remains playing, because they can. Tubas will sometimes still play. You'll also once in a while have a fight song that has a piccolo that keeps playing as well, too. Or at least adding flourishes in it, during kind of the sung part of the chorus. Um, yeah. So, as far as it comes to setups, we have we have, um, we have setup one for a fight song. Um... Chorus twice through, that's it. Fight song and you're done. Fight song and we're done. Um, a lot of the versions of Stand Up and Cheer across the country have that set up. Um, Stand Up and Cheer is actually a pretty common fight song. Um, there's at least four universities I can think of offhand that have it. Um, let's see. Um, I was going to say, as far as it comes to ones that are set up like that... Um, a lot, a lot more modern fight songs are going to be set up that way. Um, you see it a little bit less, I think, than verse that than sorry, chorus, sung chorus with an obligato and then chorus again. Uh, but there are definitely ones that are just chorus twice through. That's it. We're done. 
Sure. Yeah. So the the second one is going to be the chorus kind of sung chorus with an obligato line and then the and then the chorus again. Examples of that um, include James Madison's fight song. So for James Madison University. Um, Another one that um, is going to, you know, contain that. And I love how I'm like blanking now that I'm like, oh, God, I have to actually talk about these. Um, (laughs) Now you're panicking. Now I'm panicking. Um, It's like I used to be such a font of knowledge and now I'm like, ah, yeah. So as right. yeah, no. So as far as it comes to that, you know, those are kind of some of the versions of it. Um, Alabama State also is one too that has a you know chorus, then like kind of a song chorus where they basically just sing out the lyrics and then they come back in with the full band. Um, also, side note: if you have not heard Alabama State's fight song, you need to because it's amazing. Um, up. As far as it comes to that, that's kind of the most common one you're going to see. Um, now, the other one is kind of the 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 verse, chorus, and then it kind of gets a little messy after that one. Um, so ones that have a verse component to the beginning of it, mm-hmm. technically Kansas does. I'm a Jayhawk, but they use the Good verse. Yeah. Well, they use the verse so rarely. A better example of that is going to be Wyoming. Um, has a... Has a uh, has kind of a verse that's a part of it because their chorus section is kind of short. Um, it's like Wyoming is kind of, Wyoming kind of mixes the, uh, the chorus twice through and then the verse because they also have a rah-rah in the middle. Um, but as you can see, there's definitely different ways to kind of set them up and, you know, and, and put them together. But those are kind of your component parts right there. Um, your rah-rah, your verse, your chorus, and your sung chorus. Um, it's all interchangeable, really, isn't it? it? Yep, it's really all mixed. See, that's where even, like, I'm trying to give examples, but I'm like, well, that one doesn't quite follow it either. Basically, there's four different... And as with most music, just because we say that there's, like, a map to it, anyone who knows music knows not every song follows or not every piece follows the same rules. No, and so usually the it, most... It goes with fight songs, too. Like, you could say, like, we just spent, what, ten minutes describing how some of them are set up, but there's going to be some that don't follow that, too. And usually the most famous ones are going to break a lot of those rules, too. That's just yes. a just a good those, rule of music. Those of you who did music in college know theory one, two, and three. You gotta follow those rules from, like, early, early writing. No parallel force and fifths. And then once you get to theory four, I do whatever you want. We don't care. <laughs> None of this mattered. That's exactly what happened in that class. <laughs> so you can't write that because it's parallel octaves or you're going contrary motion. And then theory four, yeah, whatever. <laughs> do whatever. All that makes me think about is you know where West Side Story. West Side Story came out as a musical. It's like no one's going to understand augmented fifth, and I'm like Maria. Like there's like now one of the most famous iconic, iconic <laughs> moments of musical theater. Yes, but it breaks those 18th century rules. It does. Like, if people are like, no one's going to understand. And people are like, oh, people understood. But anyway, back to why we're here. Those well-known fight songs, they're going to break these rules. Yeah. And that's okay. We that's love okay. them anyway. We do. We love them more because of it. So, I think now is probably a good time to start talking about our personal tastes. Ooh. So... Nick, do you want to start? I feel like I've been doing a lot of talking. I would today. love to talk, Eli. Yeah. Uh, so mine are actually quite simple and straight to the point. Okay. Uh, so <laughs> unlike I'll, mine, I'll, unlike yours, uh, <laughs> I will go into a little bit more detail with each thing. Okay. Hopefully. So, number one for me, uh, I would say a good fight song, in my opinion, is it's enjoyable to play. That, okay. Like as a player, you're going to have to enjoy playing it. 
A lot of them, as you mentioned earlier, derive from marches. If you're a bass line and just playing half notes or quarter notes the whole time, might be boring. Unless it's like got some cool notes in there somewhere. Um, I also think it should be fun to listen to. And not just as like a fan, but as a band member, you should enjoy hearing your fight song or singing your fight song in that case. Um, it's not too gimmicky. There's mm. a few colleges out there that I really do not like because of how gimmicky they are. And that's, okay. that's whoever wrote their fight song knew what their mascot or what their theme for their college was going to be. And they really went hard into how they wrote it that way. And I'm sorry, but that just does not do it for me at all. Coastal Carolina? No. Well, that could be one. I'd have to re-listen to that one. There's another one that really comes to mind. That's oh, one that I like, isn't it? Probably. I don't remember if you like it or not. Okay. We'll, we'll find out when it comes up. We'll find out when it comes up. Yeah. Um, I also put, which I guess is kind of redundant, but does not get boring to listen to. So say your okay. team is playing some... D3 or D2 college where they're just going to be scoring touchdowns left and right or scoring whatever <laughs> left and right. I'm sorry, I'm choking because I'm like, oh geez, I, I wonder where that comes from. And they're, <coughs> and they're you're just dominating the other team. Mm-hmm. It needs to be a fight song where fans are like, okay, here we go. Yeah. I don't mind this. When, when you're up 77 to nothing, it's not boring. Or, or even in these bowl games that we have... To date this podcast a bit, we have just finished bowl season. Yes, we just uh, finished up bowl season 2023, which was a bowl season to remember it for the kids, so check it out. Uh, but for example, like that, when you have Georgia going up 53 to 3 on Florida State, like, hopefully you enjoy listening to Georgia's. <laughs> God, I hope you love Glory Glo- I hope you love Battle Hymn of the Republic. Exactly, but like that's one of my criteria. Right, it's, it doesn't get boring to listen to. Like you can hear it however many times, and you're still not bored. Of it. Boomer sooner. I I <laughs> hope you know. So Eli asked me to make my top and bottom five, and there that was one I struggled to put if it was on my bottom list or not. I decided it did not make the top five, but okay. it, definitely, it definitely made the top ten. Okay, all right. But I also did not put it on there because I know Eli used to love Oklahoma. So. Yeah. Um, you'll be so s- much. Yeah. But their fight song is not very good. To be honest. But yeah. they also use it for everything, so maybe that's why I don't like it. Yeah. Sorry. That's okay. You can go cry um, no, it's all right. And then my last criteria, so number five, four, I don't know, I lost track. Is Sorry. It's unique when listening to the other fight songs. Like, okay. there's a lot of fight songs that we're going to listen to in this podcast that are going to sound the same after a while. Yep. I think the ones that are really good are the ones that stand out in a way, whether it be the rhythm, whether that be the harmony, whether that be how it's set up. It's just unique, and it's not like, okay, this is the 30th version of on Wisconsin that I've heard or Hail to the Victors or whatever song, Stand Up and Cheer and everyone uses that one, Wave the Flag. It's got to stand out in some <laughs> way. And I guess even with some of those repeat ones, if the school does a good job of taking their own creative liberties with that mm-hmm. song that's used a bazillion times, then that's fine. They did it in a way that is unique and that will make them not be the same as the other 12 colleges using their fight song. Yep, Ohio University, look at you for Stand Up and Cheer. Um, but yes, those are my criteria, at least as of this point, before we have really started on our discovery of fight songs. That's right. what I kind of look for at this point. All right, right on. 
what what do you look for? Because I know your criteria is vastly different than mine for the most part. All right. So my first and my second point are basically the same point. So I'll just read them pretty close to each other. Um, I like it singable. I like it easy to chant, and I like it to be musically accessible. Basically, the fan perspective. Yep. Basically, my rules are you got to be able to sing it fast and drunk because those are the two situations that's going to come up. Um, so you know what we should look into. Hmm. Speaking fast and drunk, how many fans at colleges <laughs> at, actually like sing their fight song? Right, like actually get it right. Well, or like in general, like how many of them actually sing along with? Oh, if you like pull the person and be like, yeah, how many people in the audience are actually singing? Yeah. Yes. I'd be curious about that. Yeah. I mean, like, I'm sure there are some parts that everybody knows, or like the part, like you said, the rah rah. They probably all do that. Past that, I'd be curious to see, like, how many people actually do that. And well, I'm thinking about like Coastal Carolina. I'm just like, where the Chanticleers defending the shore, past Carolina since '54. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, granted, our listeners are probably a little bit more biased in the fact that if they're listening to a podcast about fight song, they're going to probably know the words to their fight song and are singing along. Yeah. But, like, if you pull, like, a random handful of bands who are in a stadium at any point, how many of them actually sing along to a fight song? Actually, you know, that's a good question, and I'll, I'll, re- I'll repeat it at the end. You know, I'll save the question for the end, because I'd okay. love this to be one of our first um, audience, maybe participation ones. Um, but... But yeah, my thing is a little bit more geared towards the fan, mainly because as a band member, I understand to a certain point, I serve at their leisure, right? My job is to entertain them. My job is to, you know, guide them, essentially, in the kind of the cheering process. Like, I'm a, I'm a loud cheerleader, essentially. So I, I want fight songs to be accessible and, and do what they're supposed to do, which is rally the fan base. Like... There are some of them out there that I'm like, no one is getting up and shouting this after scoring a goal for hockey. And yes. saying that one, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Um, yeah. Like, no one's getting, no one's jumping out of their, their seats to sing along to that. Like, so that is, that's really important to me. Um, I do enjoy some of the more melodic ones. Um, I, I, I can't stress that enough, at least to listen to as like a, as a musician, like maybe not to sing along to necessarily and that kind of criteria, but there are some that I'm like, this is just a good piece of music like that. I'm like, or it's a interesting transformation of something. There's one of my personal favorites. That's a, a transformation of another piece that became a fight song. And it's, it's really interesting. I I do like him a little cheese ball. I'm I'm a little different from Nick in that way. I like him a little cheese ball because I like the audience accessibility, right? So if the audience enjoys it, I I enjoy it with them, even though some days it might kill my soul to play along to it. Yeah. Um, Wyoming is a very good example of a fight song that I like. That's a little cheese ball. I will take take note of that. Yeah. I it will I come back to my. Yes, I I definitely do that. But yeah, I think as far as it comes to personal taste, so you you approach it much more from the musicianship angle. Like, am I as a band musician, or, and I also think it's important because you're a director too. Like, am I as a director keeping my band engaged? Am am I, you know, making sure that they're, you know, interested in continuing to play? Are they tended to? Yeah. Well, meanwhile, I'm very much approaching it from the fanboy aspect of, you know, are other people in the stands riled up? Are they engaged? Are we, are they... 
are they adding to our voice essentially? Yes. Like that's that's important to me. That interplay between fan fan and band essentially. Fan band. The fan band connection. Yes. All right. But it, but as I said earlier, these opinions will probably change throughout this podcast. I'm I'm really interested to see how they will because I'm sure that there's going to be one of those fight songs on there that meets all of our quote unquote rules, but we just hate. Yes, and that's the beauty of this podcast. Who knows? I, that's the fun. I know. Well, and I don't even know if we know. No. Because I, I assure you this top five and bottom five list that we have both made at the start of this will probably not be the same by the end of it. No, there's two on here that I'm like, uh, but I'm looking through my list getting ready for the next um, for the next episode. I'm like, yeah, I'm not sure if those are going to stick around for, for, the, for the entire thing. Um, all right, well... I think that's a good place to... I, I that's think that's, the end of episode two. We made it again. Oh, but let me say, you know, it, like, so definitely we want to hear from people. We'll definitely make sure it's like at the, make sure to listen through, um, you know, to the, to the credits and everything. Cause we do give our contact information. It's Mocha Grande uh, productions at gmail.com. You can also just check the comments too. But if there is like a particular fight song, like tell us about how your fans react to your fight song, right? Like, tell us, is there like one area of lyrics that everyone just muddles through? Like, and you know that no one knows totally what the words are. Or, or is there one part where everybody says that one part just because everyone knows it? Yep, I was going to say. And also, are there any lyrics that you're like, oh, I really wish you wouldn't say that, but, you know, they do anyway. Well, you can't really control them. Let to, us To go along with that, are there any parts that they change lyrics to? Yes. Because there... I know there's plenty of those, and I think Eli also knows that. There are plenty of lyrics in some fight songs that can change. Not, like, officially on the school yep. website, but how many fans come up with something and change it. Yep. So, let us know. Um, but for that, you know, we'll wrap it up for today. Um, you know, I'm Eli. And I'm Nick. And we'll see you in the next one. Hi, everyone. Bye. Thanks for joining us. We Hate Your Fight Song is a Mocha Grande Productions podcast project. Make sure to check out the liner notes for each episode and more fun facts and links related to our topic of the day and for our current social media accounts. We are also an independent podcast, so please write a review, rate our podcast, and subscribe. Under Section 107 of Copyright Act 1976, allowances made for fair use for purposes such as criticism, comment, news reporting, teaching, scholarship, education, and research. And remember, we love you, fellow band kids and sports nerds. As much as we might razz you, we're all part of the same family.